You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, fantastic, fearless, flightless, and featherless fact fanatics. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 138. And of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your pleasing, playful plushies who take pleasure in plots plus plaid. Woo. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. No, not, no Dana this week. Yes. Yeah. Oh, big news for Dana, even though she's not here. Oh, yeah. And that's, pro- that's the reason why she's not here, because right. she's out celebrating for a company holiday party. Uh, her new game just launched, Peggle Blast available in the app store yep she is the game designer on it and i know you guys have been playing it we have we were uh, commiserating over some of the more difficult <laughs> levels earlier <laughs> it's, is it fun it is fun if you like peggle it's it's fun it's fun and it looks really great awesome so i have a listener email here and a couple of episodes ago talked about porta potties my burning question is what do they do with the blue liquid <laughs> oh where does poop it go and pee? where does it go oh, okay and what do they do with it yeah i was hoping maybe they'd do something and then they can invent like a new type of plastic or mm. i don't know something <laughs> cool um so we got an email from nikki and nikki says hello brains i couldn't help giggling about your question of what happens to all the poo during the saltpeter discussion <laughs> i live in baltimore maryland and and there's a crappy town no pun intended here with a waste processing plant everyone jokes about we call it the dundalk golden eggs because of the giant golden domes they have covering the incinerators it's kind of like it's almost like two gold boobs okay Sure. Right. Like I sure. looked at a picture. Sure. Like or yeah. golden eggs. Okay. But mm-hmm. there are two of them. So All right. I but there's right. two of them. So really, it looks like boobs. Yeah, boobs. Do they have tiny spires at the top? No. Or? Oh, okay. that'd be All funny. Right. That'd be great. <laughs> um, and uh, Nikki says, according to the older folks, the eggs weren't always there, and certain areas on certain days of the week were covered in a yellow dusting, eee. a sort of fecal fallout coating the town. And people would schedule their laundry and hairdressing appointments according to the wind reports from the plant. Wow. And she says, gross, exclamation point. Move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That'd just be just a low-level horror. Yep. Yeah. So I guess they burn it. Okay. It's you know, Yeah, I mean, I it's why. alrighty then. They got to yeah. dispose of it somehow. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, thanks. Well, okay. Thank, Thank you, Nikki. Nikki. Great. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz, Hot Shot. Boy versus boy. Sorry, man Ooh. versus man. Oh, you know. Yeah. Where are you going to find two men? Um, here we go. I have a random trivial pursuit card, and you, and you guys have your morning zoo radio buzzers. Here we go. Blue Wedge for geography. What is the more common name for the United States Boolean Depository? Oh. Uh, is Colin. That, is that Fort Knox? Yes. If you were to guess, how many tons of gold? Oh, oh man, hundred, hundred, high hundreds, 800 eight hundred tons of gold. Tons. I have no idea. Four thousand oh. tons of gold. That's oh, a lot man. of gold. Yeah, it's a lot of gold, man. All right, pink wedge for pop culture. Who plays the guitar solo in Michael Jackson's "Beat It"? <laughs> oh, you guys both know this. Uh, Eddie Vedder. Uh, no, no. Uh, you're, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. I knew what you meant. I knew yeah, what you yeah, meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie Vedder yeah. no. was like young. He would have been young. He would have been, been young. He would have been yeah. young. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that All was right. so man. That's so eighties right there. Eddie Eddie Van Halen playing the guitar solo to beat it. Beat it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Jackson, that's the most eighties. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Yellow Wedge. Who won the popular vote for the U.S. presidency in 2000 by more than half a million voters? <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, Al Gore. Correct. And Twist in the knife on those people. <laughs> I, I think they're still counting. And there's, a, and, and there's a note Still some here. hanging chads that are uh, going to rectify. <laughs> there's a note here that says, could still win it. George W. Bush won the electoral vote mm-hmm. in presidency. That's right. Yes. It's like, thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. Purple Wedge, what is the title of Tony Kushner's two-part play about the AIDS crisis? Oh. This is Angels in America. Correct. Mm. Very good. Very cultured. Yeah. All right. uh, Green Wedge for science. What part of the body does a podiatrist specialize (laughs) in? Everybody. The feet. Feet. Feetses. Well, it says foot here, but oh, my God. Okay, last question. Oh. Uh, This is a sports question that... Y'all can get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Orange wedge. Wait, let me see if I can get it first. Is okay. It super, right. is yeah, it yeah, really, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. The 1988 Calgary Olympic Games saw the debut of a bobsled team from what <laughs> snowless country? Well, Jamaica. Jamaica. All right. Okay. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. <laughs> cool runnings. All right. Good job, brains. And let's get into our show. This week's topic is uh is pretty exciting. Near um, near and dear to our hearts, I think. Is that's it? right, that's right. Today's show is about magic. Yes. And illusions we, and we, tricks. When and- we did our Las Vegas shows, you know, we went to see Penn and Teller, all of us. Yeah. Great job, Brain, and loved it. I think I just mentioned Penn and Teller on a few episodes ago. Right? About so, uh, Kevlar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all magic nerds here. Yeah, I think yeah. there is a um definitely some sort of design or engineering involved and, and, and then kind of sleight of hand tricks. Yep, and you're, yep. and you know, as a consumer, as an audience, you're kind of like trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, at least our personality is just like, how do they do? Well, maybe this and this yep. and this. So, hocus pocus on with the showcus. Do you believe in magic in a young girl's heart? How the music can free her whenever it starts and it's magic if the music is grooving it makes you feel happy like an old time movie i wanted uh, you know like a lot of nerdy kids i did magic when oh, i yeah. was a kid you know oh, I'd me too go and buy you know whenever we like go on vacation we go to some tourist trap i always wanted to spend like the entire time in the magic shop me too all buying all the magic tricks and stuff like that yeah i used to be that guy who would like you know carry around magic tricks super and things, cool things of that nature i know <laughs> you know it was an icebreaker but uh i was trying to think like oh man can i do is there a magic trick that i can do purely through the magic of audio oh if you guys could leave the room i'll I'll do it for our listeners and then i'll do it to you all right okay okay i like okay. it okay okay Okay, good job, Brain Audience. It's just you and me. I'm just going to ask you guys some questions, and I want you to just, uh, if you're alone, shout it out. If you're not alone, just feel free to hold it in your head, and you can compare answers with the people that you're uh, carpooling with. And just think of the first thing that comes to mind after you hear these questions. Okay, ready? Here we go. Think of a color and think of a tool. Are you thinking of a red hammer? If you're like most people, right now you're thinking of a red hammer. For this one, I want you to audibly, if you can, if you're in a place where you won't be embarrassed, just go ahead and answer my questions as I'm asking them out loud, okay? Great. What's 5 plus 1? What's 4 plus 2? What's 3 plus 3? What's 2 plus 4? What's 1 plus 5? Say the word 6 10 times fast. 
Quick, tell me the name of a vegetable. Was it a carrot? Now, let's invite Karen and Colin back into the studio, and we'll see how they do, and then I'll explain to you how this trick was done. Uh, okay, everybody, so we brought Colin and Karen back in, so let's see how they like this trick. Okay. All right, so, Karen, I'm going to start with you. I've got one for each of you guys, okay? So, Karen, I'm going to start with you. I want you to very quickly answer my questions. Okay. okay. So, I'm like, I'm gonna, um, I want you to think of a color and a tool. Got it? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm giving you a piece of paper. Just hold on to this piece of paper that I wrote down before the show. Colin, um, I'm going to ask you some questions just like I asked Karen uh, some questions. Okay. okay. So, and then you're going to answer them just as, as soon as you can. You okay. Know? Just, just quick. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> Here we go. What is one plus five? Six. What is two plus four? Six. What is three plus three? Six. What is four plus two? Six. What is five plus one? Six. I want you to say the number six ten times fast. Six, 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 six. Okay, quick. Tell me the name of a vegetable. Uh, carrot. Okay, great. So I want you to take this piece of paper <laughs> and hold on to that. So, Karen, uh, first of all, can you tell me what the uh, color and tool that you thought of were? Yellow uh-huh. and axe. A yellow axe. Okay, great. And, uh, Colin, you had said carrot. So, Colin, why don't you go ahead and open up this, this piece of paper that I wrote down earlier before the show, and you'll find that written on this piece of paper is... Carrot. Oh. It says carrot. <laughs> I opened it up and it says carrot. And uh Karen, why don't you go ahead and open up your piece of paper right now and let's see what's written there. Oh. What's written down there? Red hammer. Right. So this worked with Colin, it didn't so much work with you. Now the way that this actually works is there's there's, <laughs> so there's it didn't stuff work. about the repeating well, no. Okay. Um so here's the It thing. worked on me. What happened? No, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um the the repeating of the the number six, um some people say that it has some effect that it makes you think of carrots because you think of carrot sticks. Huh. I don't actually think that that's the case. Ninety percent of people, if you kind of clear their mind and then jump on them and say quick think of a vegetable 90 percent of the time they'll say carrot really um then usually they'll say broccoli now if you really want to go crazy with this trick you can write down carrot on one piece of paper and put it in your right hand pocket write down broccoli on another piece of paper and put it in your left hand pocket write down uh celery which is another one that they say oh i would have said celery put it in your back pocket and then you just sort of pull it out of your pocket and give it to them out here why don't you read this (laughs) but most of the time and especially if you don't even want to write something down you can say Think of a vegetable, and then they're okay, and be like, it's a carrot, and you'll really freak them out. Wow. Most of, like, 90-something percent of the time. You just play in the odds. say carrot. I like those. 90% of the time, if you tell somebody, think of a color and a tool, they will think of a red hammer. So, when I, I was sitting silently, of course, yeah. thinking of a color tool as you're talking yeah. to Karen, and I thought of orange hammer. You thought of an orange hammer? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just the crazy thing about carrot, I guess, in the American English-speaking world, is that if you... It's fast. It's it like is, the prototypical vegetable it is and you know it's funny you say that because some people relate this back to prototype theory as if we have karen think of a piece of furniture what are you thinking of a chair love seat i was thinking of a chair i I thought of a chair you were thinking of a chair i thought of a chair this is dangerous to do with karen because your brain works in different ways than the average human brain Mm. you don't think of (laughs) you don't think of the first thing but if you but with prototype theory the idea is that like if you tell somebody think of a piece of furniture they'll think of a chair think of a vegetable think of a carrot like, there's just something quintessential yeah, about yeah. certain items oh, in certain groups that most of the time people will jump to those things. There's actually another trick that I can do. I can do it for you guys, the listeners, and you guys all at the same time. Ready? I want you to think of any number, uh, any single digit number between one and nine. Just pick out an integer. 
Got it. Um, I want you to take that number and multiply it times nine. Okay. Did you have that yet? You multiplied the single digit energy that you picked out times nine. Okay. Um, you're gonna have probably, maybe not a two digit number. If you have a two digit number, I want you to add, uh, those two digits together. Okay. You've added those two digits together. Take that number and, uh, I want you to sub- subtract five from it. You got that in your heads? Okay. Um, I want you to take that number and uh, convert it to a letter. A is 1, 2 is B, C is 3, etc. You've converted it to a letter? Great. Think of a country, fast, that starts with that letter. Okay. Got a country? Yes. The last letter of that country, think of an animal that starts with that letter. Okay. Got one? Uh-huh. Okay, great. The last letter of that animal, think of a fruit that starts with that letter. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you have that? Yep. Karen, you got that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Denmark, kangaroo, orange? Yep. Yep, Denmark no. kangaroo orange. <laughs> yep. Really? Denmark yep. kangaroo orange. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I have. What do you have? Djibouti iguana apricot. <laughs> this is why. Uh, yeah. Yes, this yes. is. Yeah. Exactly. But this but you got cannot... us all down the same path. Like <laughs> we had, right. we had the same number converted. But yeah, yep, your yep, brain yep. just works differently. It does. It really does. Yep. Yeah. Denmark kangaroo Karen, Karen, orange. Yeah. Denmark kangaroo yep, orange. Absolutely. Karen knows her countries for sure. Yep. You got me when it says uh, when you said. Times nine. We've had a whole segment about on, that. Yeah, on exactly. Digital sum. And this is a wonderful way if people don't know that if you multiply a number times nine and then add the digits, you will always come back to right, nine. nine. Right, right, right. So we're always down to four. You're we're always, down, always to down, four. down to D. Denmark kangaroo, kangaroo orange. orange. Right. It's like the uh, sequel yeah. to Zero Dark Thirty. And again, <laughs> you know, the important thing with these things is you know people will remember if you get it right, and they'll forget it if you get it wrong. So you know, just get it wrong a bunch of times, but you know, you'll get it right like 90 percent of the time i love it i love stuff like this well you guys are consumers like i am i'm sure you have noticed i buy things yeah on occasion uh there are a good many products that incorporate the word magic into their name yeah because they either make your life easier or do something that seems you know miraculous or magic so i have a quiz for you about products Every answer will have the word magic somewhere in this product name. Okay. All right. These are, these are brand name, trade name products, nothing right. generic. <laughs> uh, get your buzzers ready. Invented in 1953, this product originally consisted of a glass tube filled with ink and a felt wicking tip. Oh. Chris. The magic marker. That is yeah. the magic marker. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, if you ask Not most right. people, they would say it's like a genericized these days. Yeah. You know, it, like, you know, Xerox or something but it like was that. A- uh, it is a trademark. That was a trademark. The original, yes, hmm. magic marker brand. Hmm. They're not made of oh, glass yeah. anymore because you don't want to give a glass tube to children. Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Introduced in 2007. This small electronic device allowed you to place internet-based telephone calls hawked frequently oh, on infomercials. Oh. It was to replace your traditional phone jack. Chris. Magic Jack. Magic Jack, yes. <laughs> right, just led you right up to that one. Yeah, you really did. Yes, Magic Jack. Uh, Hold my hand. Yeah. <laughs> what does it do? It's basically like like internet phone calls, you know, okay. via VOIP. But it was okay. just, it was sold in a very simplified, it was like internet phone no calls tech. for the masses. Yeah, yeah. Right, yep, yep, yep. Another infomercial staple in the 2000s. This is a personal size blender. 
Karen. Magic bullet. That is the magic bullet party blender with various attachments and yeah. such. I was reading some article that that specific infomercial for the original magic bullet was kind of the first time that they staged the infomercial as a party, as like an actual storyline. Uh, it's it's the morning oh. after a big party a bunch of friends in a vacation house. So they're all kind of waking up and congregating <laughs> around the bar by the kitchen. Sort of the like, island. Yeah. What's for breakfast? Oh, I can make you a smoothie. Oh, yeah. oh man, I'm hung. Not hungover, but like, oh, the last time. <laughs> they, ne- they never said yeah. it. They're like, oh, last time. So it, it's, it's really fascinating because the other infomercial is always a guy hawking in front of an audience. That's right, right, like, right, right. You know, That's really funny. Yeah, and people at a party and everybody yep. knew friends and names. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting premise. <laughs> It was a turning or, or point. The, yeah, or the infomercials that are like, it's it pretends to be a show. Yeah. Like, pre- welcome to Amazing Discovery. Yeah, I'm as if so you just case, so. like, flip through. Yeah. 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 I like infomercials. Me too. I'm just going to say that. I do too. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. And, I, you know, I feel like just as, a, as an infomercial aside, I feel like the Magic Bullet, that was one of those, like, the, the sort of the rare infomercial product that really works exactly the way you think it's yeah. going to work. You yeah. know, it's it's mm. small. It makes margaritas. does what it says. Yeah. As a child, you may have found sage advice from Mm. this popular toy. Karen. Magic 8-Ball. It is the Magic 8-Ball. For a bonus point here, how many answers were there? How many possible answers? They were, were of course, either, you know, generally affirmative, generally negative, or in the reply, hazy, try again family. I think that there's six. Eight. There are 20. Oh, Get so, out. Oh, it's a D20 It's a D20. There? It's a D20 oh, on the inside there. Yeah. It is a lot. There are uh, 10 positive answers, five hazy answers, and five negative. Huh. So it, it generally gives out positive uh, answers. Oh, so hopefully you're asking positive questions. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we always learned as Does kids, like me? just yeah. rephrase the question, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're not getting what yeah, you want, yeah, just yeah. phrase Does it. Does he hate me? Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> Does he not, 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 not like me? This household cleaning product is made primarily from a substance known as melamine foam. Chris. This is Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. That is correct. And, and props for the full name there. Oh, I was you. just looking thank for Magic Eraser, much. but you yeah. know your cleaning products. Oh, man. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser is it's the magical. best. It's magical. The best. It is amazing. For everything. What, yep. what do you do? Like, what is it? It's just this really finely, it's almost like sandpaper. Like, it's super, super, super fine-grained foam that will take the rust off your car bumper. I mean, it's it's really, like, I use it, I actually use it for, like, if I have a sticker on a Nintendo game or something and there's residue, I just rub a little magic eraser and it, it pulls it right up. It's great for, like, um, you know, like, stainless steel surfaces with food stuck to them. It takes it right off. It, it's great. It is like magic. Like, I, I, is, I don't, I'm not is. too effusive in my praise of a lot of products, but the first time I used it, I was like, holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, no, Chris has it exactly right. It's, it's a foam, um, but it's extremely, extremely microporous. Mm. And it basically just works like sandpaper, but because it's flexible, it can get into all the little nooks and crannies. Right. It's really good, yeah, for like waxy, gummy stuff. Uh, I, grease in the kitchen. It's great. Yep. Yeah. This dessert product marketed by Smuckers allows you to add an instant hard chocolate coating to your ice cream. I don't know the full name. Uh, yeah. I mean, is, Chris. It, is, it, is it magic shell? Yes. Oh, magic I shell. Oh, I was sorry. literally about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped right oh. on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
was just thinking. Like... <laughs> Chris, yes, correct. <laughs> and Karen, Magic correct. Shell. Magic shell. I, I believe you. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, and it, in again, like as a kid. Seems like magic. Comes out liquid, put it on the ice cream, two seconds later, it's hard. Uh, invented in Australia. <laughs> guys said juvenile. As a kid, it really does seem like magic. It just goes from liquid to hard coating. Boom. This has been Colin for Viagra. <laughs> uh, I discovered this was invented in Australia. So oh. shout out to our Australian ice cream chocolate lovers, where it's sold as ice magic. Oh, oh, oh. All right, and finally, this item common to many homes and offices is known by its trademark green and yellow tartan packaging. And you may need to think about this one. Scotch magic tape. Correct. Scotch magic Magic tape. tape. Right, which was sort of their, their original... Famous magic tape. They have like the right. fully transparent. The magic one is the one that's kind of like hazy, translucent. Yeah, yeah. translucent, yes. not fully transparent. It, but it doesn't. It doesn't like reflect a glare back at you. Basically, like it kind of. If you, if you use it on paper, it kind of disappears. That's exactly how they sell that's it. Yep. The magic. Yep. Exactly. It disappears on paper, yep. so it's yep. great for gift wrapping, etc. Yep. All right. Well, you guys oh, are. Uh, I'm gonna piggyback on this oh, quiz. Oh, all whoa, right. Because I have you have products and I have uh pop culture things. Uh, I don't have that many questions. It's more like lightning rounds. All right. I figured we can kind of combine both. You got a quiz in my quiz. Quiz, Yeah. Um, And we actually didn't have any overlap at all. Excellent. So here I have a quick lightning round um, about pop culture stuff, names that have the word magic in them. All right. And I will will give you a description. Here we go. One of the six parks at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Chris. Magic Kingdom. Correct. All right. A Jimi Hendrix experience song that's really about a club near Seattle. Uh, 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 oh, no. Mm, Night Magic? Magic. Magic. Uh, clue, it's in Guitar Hero 1. Uh, not sure. Yeah, I know my Jimi Hendrix thought I did. No. Spanish Castle Magic. Oh. All right. Okay. A mega popular game published by Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Correct. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Film that stars Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock as a pair of sister witches. Oh, oh. Practical Magic. Correct. Oh, wow. Featuring uh, Stevie Nicks on the soundtrack. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. Other names in the works uh, when deciding the name of this organization include Heat, Tropics, and Juice. Uh, is it the Orlando Magic? Correct. Professional basketball club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, heat, well, I guess Heat is taken, but. They did go on to use Heat for the Miami Heat. Yep. And Tropics and Juice. I'm hmm. very happy the it's juice. not Orlando Juice. <laughs> yeah. I, I figure because of oranges, not because of steroids. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I, what I, about the Orlando Hot Juice? <laughs> <laughs> Their slogan, That's don't get best. any hot juice on you. <laughs> That's my basketball <laughs> All right. Book series that featured Ms. Valerie Frizzle. Mm. Oh, um, yes. The Magic School Bus. Yes, oh, correct. Yes. The Magic I, School Bus. I didn't bus. know that one. You didn't grow up with that? I don't know. I am I, am I too old? Time, oh. I oh. oh, really? Yeah. I grew up with it. Huh. Yeah. This is awesome. why This is why your brain works differently, it's Karen. Like, it's like science nerd. Oh, yeah, you'll yeah, love yeah. it. They, they, like, they shrink the school bus, and then they go inside of somebody's body. Oh. Okay, I think yeah. I have seen that. Like as an adult, I think maybe I've seen right, that. Okay. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. All right. 
Contrary to popular belief, this song is not about marijuana. Uh, wait, no, I don't know. Uh, ma- magic. Ma- ma- uh, do you believe in magic? Oh. Magical mystery tour. Puff the magic dragon. Oh, Puff the magic dragon. Of course, it's not about marrow popular belief. <laughs> I don't believe it. It is. And People I'm are always popular. like, yes. you know, that's what I was. That's what I was. That song told. is always about. Yeah, that's, that was, what, that's and like, like I always or thought, like, like or Lucy but the Sky who, of Diamonds. What is about a kid it. who likes to smoke marijuana, <laughs> and then when he becomes an adult, he gives it up? <laughs> well, the other, the other sort of the evidence. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Right. Well, I remember talking about like Jackie Paper was yeah. like for, for like joint Little paper. Jackie, oh, yeah, that, I, this is what I was told. J, J wow. paper, J paper, right? Whatever. Oh man! All right, uh, last one. <laughs> uh, this runaway hit TV show debuted in 2010. Hit show. Hit, hit show. show. Probably a hit show we've never watched. Oh, okay. okay. So, kid, but we know it. Kids show maybe. 2010, huge 2010. pop culture, huge, huge cultural phenomenon. Huge. Wow. Not oh, sure. man. I think we're going to hate ourselves. What, yeah, is it? what is it? My Little Pony oh, Friendship oh, is Magic. magic. Yes, there, the word can the appear at the end. <laughs> I, I get hung up on that. <laughs> All right. Good job. All right. Thank you for letting me merge, right. merge the quiz with Nice. You. That was good. That's yeah. good. Merging. Seamless. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good Job Brain. Here's a little bit of biographical information about Chris Kohler for when they write the (laughs) definitive biography of the man, the myth, the legend. When I was in, let's say the, I think it was the eighth grade, the seventh grade or the eighth grade. When I was in the eighth grade. No, I have to get this right or else the biography will be terrible. I believe that when I was in the seventh grade. There was the seventh grade wax museum. I don't know if you guys have ever done this or if this is a thing. Probably some listeners are like, I know what this is. It is the I have no idea stupidest, what you're talking about. Stupidest <laughs> thing that schools will do. They make you now this part is not stupid. They make you learn about a historical figure. Okay. Um 
dress up in costume as that historical <laughs> figure, getting stupider. Okay. And then you put on a quote-unquote wax museum in the evening, and you have your little presentation that you've written out, and you cosplaying as this person. <laughs> that sounds but, cool! But... You have to stand still oh. as if you were a statue of the person in a wax museum. Can you talk? You cannot talk. You're not supposed to talk or move or I've anything. never heard of this being done in Which the school. Is ridiculous. <laughs> makes no when sense. you're 13 years it old. Is, it is some dressed as Abraham Lincoln's <laughs> revenge plot. Doesn't make any sense at all. You could at least let the kids sit there and talk. But no, you have to stand stock still and they parade littler kids by you to read about the historical figure that you're that Oh, you're so about. it's not even like like parents for a ta- like a It's parents okay. and, and younger kids and it is a ridiculous. You're like, oh, why did I choose a figure who wears a tweed suit? I know, this yeah, is terrible. Exactly. Why am I Mary Lou Retton? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> shaved my bikini yeah. zone for this right 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 so i obviously was stevie nicks no i was uh i went as harry houdini oh, oh nice awesome. great magician nice. and escape artist nice. yeah i had a um i had, we brought a, an old trunk and i had some fake handcuffs and chains and things of that nature yeah it was cool you know. So Harry Houdini, much like like Einstein, you know, was one of those people whose name is is like a general noun. You oh, know, yeah. it has become synonymous oh, yeah. with, in this case, I mean, magic, but really escapism. You know, uh, escape artistry. Um, he he was uh, born. Anybody remember Houdini's? name it was eric <laughs> yes wow uh, I, I was also a big houdini nerd as a kid but oh it was like eric uh, I, I can't remember his i can't eric weiss mm. was his name eric weiss and he was uh, born in what country hungary Germany. he was born in hungary he was uh. born in budapest he was hungarian uh lived from 1874 to 1926 um and was you know world famous right world famous Besides doing the amazing, like, escapes and, you know, escaping out of handcuffs and straitjackets and coffins at the bottom of a swimming pool and all that kind of stuff that he was famous for, um, Houdini, in, in his uh, later years, um, was a uh, prominent skeptic, mythbuster, uh, if you will. Yeah. Um, the, the early 1900s were mysticism uh spiritualism the uh, uh the the idea that you could communicate with the dead and that seances yeah. uh, were were real mediums this was big like there it had some very sir arthur conan doyle uh, who wrote the um, the Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> I, I wanted to say James Bond for some reason. <laughs> Sherlock, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He's the original wrote, James Bond. Yeah, yeah he was the Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, was big into this. Oh, Absolutely really? believed that mm. seances were real? real and that you could that it was it was it was the dead were talking and. And that, and that you'd have a seance and you'd hear rattling or a piece of furniture would break and that was the dead that was doing, you know? He wrote tons of books about this, you know? He was really into it. Um, and, uh, he was actually friends, good friends with Harry Houdini. Wow. Yeah. And so started kind of taking him along. Oh, you got to go to the seance. You got to check this out. Yeah, check it out. Um, and just tons and tons of people. I mean, there were magicians, but then there were people who, claimed that they had supernatural powers and that they claimed that they were psychic and that they could conjure up spirits. And 
this era, there wasn't a whole lot of technology to like prove that right. they were yeah. wrong and right. catch them in the act. So a lot of people got away with it for their whole lives. Scamming of people, essentially. Yeah, scamming people, thinking that they were talking to the dead. And scientists at the time just had a difficult time trying to figure out, well, how do we prove definitively? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you prove a negative? Right. <laughs> I'm going to read to you. I love doing this. Uh, I'm reading to you from a New York Times story from July 22nd, 1924. Marjorie passes all psychic tests. That is the headline. <laughs> Scientists find no trickery in score of seances with Boston medium. Uh, from the story. In further sessions with Marjorie, the private and uncommercial Boston medium, many scientific men have been unable to find the slightest evidence of fraud wow. in her manifestations, which include the spontaneous appearance of a great variety of lights, the apparent passing of a window pole through the arms and legs of the investigators, the wrecking of cabinets by unseen hands, <laughs> The playing of invisible ukuleles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, people were kind of dumb. People were kind they of were naive. They, they were naive. naive. They wanted to be. Well, I mean, you know, again, if there's no, how do you disprove, you know, that these, you know, how to prove they're not happening? Additionally, Marjorie, uh, whose uh, real name was Mina Crandon, she would use, as a lot of mediums did in these seances, she'd use ectoplasm. Oh, Oh, I'm like Slimer, like Slimer in yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. always slimed me. Like she would summon ectoplasm, which was probably cow intestines yeah. <laughs> that oh she got God, from the really? butcher. Yeah. Or like the ectoplasmic hand of her dead brother Walter would appear. And apparently this was like sewn together from like oh, liver and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Entrails. Um, so Scientific American magazine offered a prize to anyone who could demonstrate under, you know, strict supervision and scientific controlled, uh, mm. you know, conditions um, that they had supernatural abilities. And uh, in 1924, this Marjorie Mina Crandon, very famous for her, you know, supposed abilities, was one of the women who was tested. So one of the people on the committee was Harry Houdini. Uh, and again, he'd been going to seances with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and uh, he came away less than impressed because yeah. Houdini mm -hmm. was a magician. Like he knew about scamming Illusions people, and, right? Yeah. He's he's just conditioned to think about that. Yeah. Like, right. He sees a trick and tries to deconstruct Break it. Down. it. Yeah. yeah. So he's thinking all of these supposedly unexplainable things can be totally explained. Like I can find ways that these people are doing these things that can be explained rationally. Uh, one day in 1924, Houdini picks up the latest issue of Scientific American, and he is surprised to find that its, its editors had written a fairly positive, fairly credulous profile <laughs> of Marjorie. And he was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> writes to them, and he's like, hey, I'm on your committee here. Why are you writing this article? I think this woman is a fraud like all the others. Like, um, And he goes into the offices of Scientific American, and he speaks to the editor who wrote the piece, the associate editor who wrote the piece on Marjorie. Houdini's recollection of what this guy said was, <laughs> why, yes, she's genuine. 
she does resort to trickery at times, but I believe she's 50 or 60% genuine. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty high standard there. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love the fact that like he just marches into the offices yeah. and well, like, yeah, let well, me speak to the man. He had an, he had an appointment. Yeah, he, knew, okay. he knew these guys. Okay. But, you know, and he yeah. is Harry Houdini. Yeah. I right, mean, right, right, yeah. right. I'm sure they had an elegant lunch. And so uh, Houdini... <laughs> Goes he he goes with the Scientific American editors to Boston to uh, Marjorie's home. So in preparation for the seance, so the way this that the seance works is that people are sitting on either side of the medium, and she will like cross her leg with your leg, mm. and then cross her other leg with the person sitting on her other side. Everybody's holding hands in a circle, but it's to prove that she's not using her hands. And that she's not using her, her feet. feet. Right. Ostensibly. All, <laughs> ostensibly. Well, again, the idea would be, you know, it, it's, it's misdirection. It's, it's like, oh, well, I'm holding her hands and I'm touching her feet. So she's clearly not using them. Mm. But, you know, in cases, in certain cases, she was. In certain cases, she could just use her head or her neck and just set up things within the room that can be easily accessed. Also, the lights are off. Yeah. You know, so. So Houdini says that he tied a really tight bandage under his knees. Okay. And the idea of this was to make his leg painful and throbbing and sensitive because it was cutting off the circulation so that if he, so that if Marjorie made any movement, He'd he know. would feel it wow. exquisitely. <laughs> get yes. like pins and needles. Wow. Yep. So yeah, after doing this seance, Houdini was like, I figured out how she's done everything. You know, she's throwing things across the room, but she can just do it with her head. You know what I mean? Like putting on her head and, mm. you know, moving her neck around to throw it and, and he went kind of back to Scientific American. He's like, okay, well, let's denounce her. Let's, you know, here's all the things that she did. But, of course, again, there's no videotape running, so the lights are all off. Scientific American never, like, <gasps> ran a story at that time saying she is a, a fake. The, the closest they got was a, well, who can say? <laughs> So Houdini wrote his own pamphlet. Oh, um, and, yeah. and this is where I get most of this information. Then he drew illustrations of how she did everything or how he imagined that she did everything. This cost him his friendship with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, oh. who, according to one source that I read, apparently to his dying day, believed that, A, spiritualism, you know, is commu- still super real. Houdini was, in fact, a master psychic who was just trying to ruin all the other oh. psychics so that he could be the best psychic what of the What a great all. justification. Right. Uh, Houdini died not very long after that in uh, 1926 uh, of uh, sepsis uh, yeah. toxicity from a ruptured appendix. Because he got sucker punched, right? He did get sucker punched. Not Nobody's entirely sure if that definitely ruptured his oh, appendix okay. or not. Like your appendix, you know. You got appendicitis without getting punched in the True. stomach, but it could have. True. It could have. True. What was interesting about this story is that Houdini seemed like he at least allowed a little part of himself to believe that maybe there was life after death, that maybe there was a way to communicate with the living because he worked out with his wife, Bess, a secret code <gasps> that only the two of them were supposed to know about such that if she ever received that secret code somehow, she would know that it had to come from, from him. him. Um, the code was uh, so Ro- so Bell Believe was the secret code. of Bell was his nickname for her, and yeah, Rosabelle Believe. At one point, years after his death, she said and signed a statement to the effect that she had, in fact, received this message from him, but later she said that 
It was actually faked by a mutual friend of theirs mm. who had figured out what the what the code was oh, somehow. That's just yeah. low. Friend. That's low. Yeah. Some yeah. friend. So, but Bess uh, held seances for Houdini every year on on Halloween. He died on Halloween, October thirty one, eighteen twenty six. Really? Cool. Yep. Ah. She held seances for him for ten years after his death. You know, just see if he would communicate with her. Never did. Um, and Houdini. Fans, admirers, every year since then, uh, on, on Halloween, hold an official Houdini ah. seance. Not really to talk to him, but just to yeah, celebrate. Yeah, it's sort of the meeting of the Houdini fan club. Yeah. And, you know, an excuse to get together and drink. But they have, you know, they have a Houdini seance, like, just to see if he comes back. Um, there's apparently, there was left uh, a pair of handcuffs by Houdini where he said... I'm the only one who knows how to open these. <laughs> so if I can open them from the afterlife, I will. <laughs> so the official Houdini seance, they have this pair of handcuffs wow. that, they, oh, that's that cool. they put on the table. That is cool. So yeah. far, still closed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil. Did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, Plus, tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. All right, I want you guys to play along with me here and just very quickly without too much thought. If I <laughs> right. asked you to yeah. name some magic words, Ooh. give me some magic words. Abracadabra. Hocus yep. pocus. Yeah, those are good. Those Alakazam. are good. Uh huh. Oh, Alakazam. Oh. Open sesame. Uh huh. Okay, all good ones. Open yep. sesame, Alakazam, hocus pocus, Abracadabra. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Great. All right. All right. Great. Great. So these, <laughs> now, these are no, all. Stop. Now, please, just stop. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, to stop, stop, until you name one that I don't have uh, something prepared for. <laughs> yeah, these are all. Uh, Examples of magic words. Uh, I guess, let's see. Out of those, uh, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, probably the most recent of those, invented, of course, for Cinderella in 1950. Um, but I, as a kid, again, I was, as you said, I was into magic as well, and I was really into the showmanship part of it. Like, I liked, I liked putting on little tricks for my family, you know? And <laughs> it's so nerdy, it's I so know. Cute. But, like, the appeal was that, like, I, I have this secret that none of the grown-ups have. Right, you know, they probably right. saw through the tricks. They but probably they, had one of the plastic magic sets from Toys R Us when they were growing up, yeah, too. So, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. They humored me, at least. <laughs> yep, yep, um, But yep. I would research some of the patter, and I had, like, a little ooh, wand, ooh, and yeah. so I, yeah, all the the presto and shazam hocus pocus i knew all that stuff <laughs> never knew what any of the stuff really meant i think most people don't really know what any of those words mean what the origin is um you guys heard shazam this magic word you ever know that yeah. one do you know where that one goes back to the flash i do i think Captain okay Marvel. 
Yeah. 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 It is. It's is that Captain Marvel. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That it 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 came with Captain Marvel. And it hey. stood it's it's an abbreviation. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. No. Like, so far for, so let's back up for a little bit. Okay, so far right, listeners right. maybe who don't know the, the yeah. original Captain Marvel. So this is like back in 1939. Not Marvel Comics Captain Marvel. Sort of the way it worked in the story was our our hero young Billy Batson uh, uh, revealed to him was an ancient Egyptian wizard uh, named Captain Marvel. And <laughs> when when Billy would say the magic word, Shazam, he would transform into Captain Marvel, you know, go fight crime and then turn back into Billy Batson. But yeah, you're right, Karen. Shazam was said to be an acronym, essentially. They're like... Named after six of history's oh, great oh, heroes. Oh, great right. heroes. They were all men. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys can guess some of them, I'm sure. So S-H-A-Z. Zeus is the Z. Aries. Hercules. Hercules is the H. Mercury. Mercury is the M. Aries. No, not Aries. S. Atlas and Achilles are the A's. And Solomon. Yeah, Karen, there you go. Right. The idea being he would have... Sounds more like a backronym to me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, the idea being he'd have the wisdom of Solomon and, you know, whatever. You get it. Right, you get it. Yep. Cap powers combined. Right. So they stopped printing Captain Marvel in the 50s, the original company, partly under threat of a lawsuit from DC. DC alleging this is just a ripoff of Superman. Um, oh. And so they shut down production. Oh, they did? DC eventually acquired the rights to Captain Marvel. Huh. Uh, and then when they started it back up again, they ran for a while. They relaunched it just a couple years ago and just renamed the character Shazam. Partly to avoid <laughs> confusion with Marvel's Marvel, Captain yeah. Marvel. Yes. Yeah, They're like, you know that. what? Let's just call him Shazam. Yeah. Hocus Pocus. This is a great one. Like, uh, for me, because, like, this is, like, just sort of the the template for sort of fake Latin sounding. I mean, I think it echoes all the way through Harry Potter, even up to these days. There are a lot of stories about where this one comes from, but most sources, including the OED, trace it back to about the early 1600s. Oh, wow. And uh, apparently, Hocus Pocus was uh, a stage name for a performer oh, of the time. Oh, okay, and, that makes sense. And specifically, he was a juggler. Like, the main part of his act was juggling and, you know, maybe some small stage magic, that kind of thing. Um and within, you know, pretty short order, it got to the point that you could use it generically. So kind of the way that, like, we might call any clown Bozo, you know, like, oh, check got out it. Bozo over here. You might see a juggler be like, oh, look at Hocus Pocus running his tricks over here. We do have records, though, uh, from the 1600s of one very specific performer who called the King's Majesty's Most Excellent Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Sounds like a, like a Westminster dog name. <laughs> well, so here's the interesting part, to me anyway, is that it comes back to the stage pattern. So, you know, he's doing some juggling, maybe some sleight of hand tricks up on stage, and the the accounts go that he would use the phrase hocus pocus tantus talantus vade celeritir jubeo. It's fake. It's all fake Latin. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It sounds impressive. And, you know, most importantly, it would distract I'm, I'm you. I'm really impressed. Yeah, while he's yeah. talking and, you know, yeah. you're not looking right, at his hands. Right. What is he saying? <laughs> what yeah. is he saying? Yep. And next thing you know, he's pulled off his trick. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot, a lot of alternative explanations for this one. Uh, some of these make me laugh. Uh, I read what some, some people believe it came from a Norse magical figure called Aucus Bacchus. Mm. Doesn't seem to be very well substantiated. Mm. 
Um, there's one source cites it as a corruption of hoc est corpus meum oh. from like Catholic liturgy. That you know? I think I've heard. What does that yeah. mean? So it's from the, is, from the Eucharist. This is my body. This is my body. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Again, there's only yeah. one writer seems to have ever thrown this out. The OED right. really traces it back to Jesus. Jesus would do a lot of close up street magic. <laughs> yeah, this is a way of getting new followers. <laughs> follow know. follow the loaves and the fish. Yeah, <laughs> which shell is it under? Um, but it, it makes sense how it can go from a performer to magic to just sort of any magical phrase. All right, let's get to the meat of the matter here. Abracadabra. Ooh. We finally have a real magic word here. And by which I mean the closest thing to real magic, something that people practiced believing it was magic. All of the history we have about it points that it was used in a magical setting. Got okay, it. all right. Um, not made up. The etymology for this is really, really disputed and probably will never be known. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the OED says their sources, anything from Latin to Greek to Hebrew to Aramaic to on and on and on. We, yeah. we just don't know. Um, what we do know is that it's very, very old. There are records that the word abracadabra, just written just like that, go back to at least the 4th century. Holy no way! Not, yes. not the 14th century, right. the 4th century. century. And no one knows why it was written? Like the, It lost to the mists of time. Yeah, wow. you know, the OED, uh, they're on it. They've got their best researchers. They, they just don't know. As I say, there are many explanations like, oh, it means, you know, it's the name of a devil in Aramaic, or it means away with the damage. All kinds of stories. No one yeah. really knows. So one of the earliest references we have to it is that it seems to have been used like as a, more like a charm or a spell. Like, you would use the power of this word. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. early Magic was a lot about words and especially writing certain words down. So this was against disease. Uh, one of the earliest references we have to it was in uh, a book. It was called Liber Medicinalis from eh, somewhere between the 200s and the 400s, written mm. somewhere in there. It has very specific directions in there. If you're suffering from malaria, oh, okay. okay, what Common, you're supposed yeah. to do is take the word abracadabra and you write it. And I will show you an example here of how you're supposed to write this. So you, you would write the word abracadabra on one line. And then right <laughs> below it, you would write centered abracadabra. You just take off the A. Okay. And then you keep taking off one letter each line, then abracadab, then abracada, all the way down until you get to just the letter A. Okay. So if you can imagine you have sort of a... Then we sacrifice a chicken, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's like a perfect triangle. It is. It's a nice triangle, inverted triangle. Works with any word, though. And It does work with any word, of course. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But it seems magical when you do this. So the instructions... This is... No, wait. No. This is the Konami code, I think, right? (laughs) Up, up, D, D... No, no, look. A, B, A, B. Look, it spells abracadabra in every, like, this way. It spells it across the top and then across, yeah, yeah from the bottom up across the right yeah. diagonal. Uh-huh. Yep. It, yeah. yeah. Works with every word. Power of words. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> <laughs> and what the author, Quintus Simonicus Serenus, instructs you to do is write this formation of abracadabra on an amulet and wear it. So you keep the power of the words Ooh. close to your body. You have to write that whole thing on that an amulet? That whole thing on an well, amulet. A big amulet. Well, you know, I printed yeah. it maybe a little bit larger. Yeah, than maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you find point right This is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. What if I actually did wear jewelry that had all of this That had on? that on there? I bet you could go on Etsy right yeah. now and find an abracadabra amulet. <laughs> I think Stevie Nicks has one. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Is there one? Oh, there is one! <laughs> Thank you, Internet, for not letting there me is. down. Oh, there oh, is! Oh my god! Yep. So now, so one of the things that I that is impressive about this is that it's kept its meaning for so so long. Right. Like right, it right. spread across cultures uh, over the centuries uh the the gnostics used it for a while they believed in the power of this word um there are reports that uh, into into the 1600s during the the great plague of london mm-hmm. of people writing abracadabra on their doorways as sort of to ward off the disease you know and keep it at bay yeah so that's you know 1200 years at least essentially of the word being used in the same way mm-hmm. a lot of the occultists mm-hmm. you know sort of into the 1800s, 1900s, like Aleister Crowley, he really believed in the power of abracadabra. Hmm. He invented his own take on it, which was abracadabra with an oh. H. Um, well, J.K. Rowling had a abra... Avracadabra. Yeah, she yeah. has said that it was. Yeah, I mean, it right, seems right, pretty right. clear on the face of it. Is, yeah. Which I think is hilarious because it's, it's the, the only worst. It is spell. the absolute worst, and it's the spell that kills people. Right, and it's the only. It's the only thing in her sort of magical, you know, um, uh, world that she's kind of built out that references at all, like modern day magic yeah. what you think of yeah mm. which is funny because yeah the 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 implication being that when like little kids you know little muggle children are running around with their top hats and their wands going abracadabra don't they're, realize they're using, that like yeah. the yeah the super kill spell yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, it says yeah it's like a time bomb waiting to go off yep and then it seems that by you know 1800s it was kind of settled into sort of the way we think of it now as a stagey kind of you know on stage the magician part of the pattern of the distraction but what's beautiful is it, it sort of was cyclical you know the audience's kind of come to expect it as a magic phrase the magicians like it so they'll use it as a magic phrase mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know there are still i'm sure people on etsy and otherwhere using it to ward off disease but for the most part it is a stage magician's word at this point or young colin doing living room magic yeah. to an audience of uh very patient adults <laughs> to an audience of dad um, audience of one, an audience, an audience of dad. Yeah, and and your younger sister, she, she had to. She's her assistant. And then just because you mentioned it, Chris, at the top, yeah. of course, open sesame. I did that. Uh, that comes. You might be able to remember where this one comes from. It comes from Alibaba, Alibaba, and the Forty Thieves. Oh yes, just come right from there. And you know, yeah, I had forgotten this part of the lore about open sesame is that in the story, you know, the the you have to have the exact right password to open up the cave where the thieves stash all the loot. You know, and you can get trapped inside if you don't know the right grain or the right. Uh, you know, it's, I knew it was open something. What was it? <laughs> Open poppy seed. Bagel. Open quinoa. Open everything bagel. <laughs> open, open garlic. Yeah. Open. And finally, uh, presto. Cinnamon raisin. Presto associated with magic. Uh, this one's not very super romantic, I guess. It it's Italian. It means soon, kind of quickly. Oh, presto. presto. Voila. And very it, right, perfect right. comparison. Like voila, you know, it sort of just made its way into English. Is just sort of, mm-hmm. and there you go. And no, it's, no one will ever know where it comes from. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Except for the Italians. Mm. So please, wield the power of abracadabra carefully. Uh, and if you're suffering from malaria, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. And that is our show about magic. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about Houdini's uh, bromance with Sir Arthur Corn Doyle. <laughs> magic words, magic products. And the origins of magical words. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. 
Audible.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Audible. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.